Welcome back to another episode of On the Bench with Geeks. I am your host from coast to coast, Cody Beekman. This is episode number 39. <laughs> I'm feeling fine. I've also got all these boys that I like to uh, that like to sit on the bench with me. I've got Bryce McMillan. How's it going, everyone? How's it going? I've got Ross Moormeyer. What's up, guys? And I got Daniel Beatty. Hi there, everybody. And today we are joined by an incredible guest. We have Dimitri Calavas. Dimitri, say hello to the fine people out there. Hey, everybody. Thank you very much for uh, inviting me to your great podcast. Oh, no, it's, a, all, uh, it's our pleasure, man. We're excited to get going. So let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, our, on our podcast, Demetrius, we really just like to gather new perspectives of hockey and um we we had we had the honor of having Marcus on our last episode, and uh, he's um you know he he spent a lot of time a uh, bit of time down in Greece playing hockey, and uh, that's I believe that's where he met you, and yeah. uh, he's he's only told me so many incredible things about you and what you're doing with Greece Greek hockey. Uh, let's take it back to you know when it first began, you know when you uh, uh you. You, you were born in, uh, born in Montreal, Quebec. Montreal, yeah. But you moved to uh, Greece at a very young age. Can you tell us how you know how you started playing hockey and and you know uh, just the you know your humble beginnings? Yeah. So I, like you said, I was born in Montreal. I learned how to play hockey um, in the Howard Morenz Arena in Park Extension. It's an area of Montreal. Uh, and at the age of 15, uh, my parents, uh, they're Greek, my parents, so they decided to move back to Greece. And, uh, and yeah, so I knew uh, life started for me. As you can understand, the teenager that's leaving, leaving his life in, uh, in one country and needing to start all over again, uh, I didn't like it. But uh, thank God there was hockey in Greece at the time, back in the uh, late 80s. And, uh, and yeah, that's how my hockey career started in Greece, by uh, moving there and um, uh, being part of the hockey community that already existed. Now, now, can you tell us a little bit about that hockey community at that time? Because I know that uh, the Greek hockey program actually started around like 1982, 1985. So can you tell yeah. me, can you tell us just like how... What, what the hockey community was like, and, and especially compared to, you know, the Montreal hockey community. Yeah, it doesn't compare. There was, we had one rink. <laughs> Actually, we had half a rink because it was small inside. It was like a three-on-three -three rink, so that size. And there was only one rink in Athens at the time. And uh, there was a lot of kids that had moved back with their parents that lived in the um, Soviet Union or uh, Czechoslovakia at the time, Canada. So there was a lot of, it's like, a lot of people moved back to Greece at the same time. There was like a lot of players that that came from abroad and knew how to play good hockey. So it was there was a couple of teams formed, and it was it was it was pretty good hockey actually. Uh, and that's how it all started. We had no zamboni at the time. We had to shovel the snow out uh, of the rink. So uh, every time we'd go, uh, we get to the rink. Uh, you know, if you were there first, you were like, oh no, I gotta take longer to change because I'm gonna be the first one on the ice and I have to start shoveling. So, you know, uh, we would shovel the snow out, and uh, yeah, that's how it's all, it all started back in uh, 1989. I, I moved there in 1989, but hockey existed since 1985, like you said. Yeah, so four years before. 
Nice. So uh, that's the thing. Is so it, it it must have been at least a pretty like a uh, pretty tight community in the, in that sense, just because you know you, you, you like you've got these kids that kind of moved back with their parents and you know like were privy to this like game of hockey and then they kind of moved back and then just like you said, you know you're you're a, a teenager and you're like oh I, I had to uproot my entire life and come to a new country. But uh, then you find like you find something you know that every uh, all you guys love, such as hockey, to kind of you know uh, maybe gel around. Like, it, yeah. can can you can you like talk to the community since in that? So it was it was funny because a lot of uh, players were were uh, were from Canada. So a lot of uh, Greek Canadians in uh, from Montreal and Toronto. I remember when I first walked into the dressing room. Uh, half the team were from Montreal. I'm like, hey, like, uh, I, know, I know you guys. <laughs> like, you know, I was like, so uh, all, everybody knows each other that plays hockey in Greece. So I've, I've known my teammates since we were 15. Now we're in our 40s and we're all friends since we were teenagers. So it's like, it's like we're like a family, like we're brothers. It's not really hockey. It's, it's not a hockey team anymore. We're just, we're, we're brothers. We grew up together. Since we were teenagers, did all the crazy stuff. Thank God there was no cell phones back then, so everything is over to be found. But uh, but it was like we grew up all together, right? So um, yeah, it was. It's. I don't know if it would have been the same if I stayed here, because yes, you form that kind of community with yourself, but then you you move apart. You know, people move, they they create families, so it like it breaks up the whole. Like I don't see anybody from my kids' team. When I was young, I don't even know these guys anymore. I don't know where they live. I don't know anybody, right? But in Greece, because everybody knew each other, it's like we grew up all together and we faced the same problems, the same obstacles, hockey-related, right? So there was no rink. We, we, we all had no rink. When we had to shovel the snow out, we all had to shovel the snow out. Like It was like you know everybody went through the same obstacles and the same problems together. And of course, when the national team came along, and we all lived it and we all... You know, enjoyed what the national team brought to our to our lives in hockey, right? So it was like, like I, I don't know, it was just we we're a family, like uh, we're just family. That's that's how I see it. That's so awesome. And one thing about hockey is, you know, you build these these friendships, you know, this brotherhood and that camaraderie. So it's really awesome you're able to kind of still connect with those guys. Now I have a question just about you know playing hockey on a rink with no boards. Were you forced to kind of learn more? Um, you know open ice play tell me a little bit about that and this kind of playing with no boards it's interesting actually not only there was no boards but the the what we had this like plexi where they would put lights and it would flash like in, i don't know <laughs> i don't know if you can picture oh it oh my gosh yeah and and if you'd lift a puck and you'd miss the net it would go through the plexiglass and break it it was like it was so bad <laughs> oh, like, honestly oh, it was really bad. <laughs> yeah it was bad but uh, it was the, the one thing that we lacked as a, as a country when we went to play international is the fact that we learned how to play in a smaller rink and with no good boarding and no Zamboni. You can't really compete against countries that have a regular size rink. You know, they have the boards, they have the Zamboni. It was, that, that's the thing we lacked. But this was the first years, right, when we first started. Because after maybe around 1995, got the first Zamboni, boards were put up to the rink. It was still smaller, but it resembled more as a hockey rink, right? So, but it was, yeah. Like uh, sometimes if you get hit, you'd go over the board. So you have to learn how to play. You have, you 
put your head up all the time, never look down, because you know you could get thrown over the boards at any time, right? So yeah, you 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 start to learn how to play the sport differently. It, it probably makes your shot a little bit more accurate too, because you don't. Want that's to, that's you true. Don't want that's to true. <laughs> that's true. Whenever you hit the, I remember whenever we hit the boards and break something, everybody would turn around to the guy shooting, and we're like, but watch out, dude! Like, what are you doing? So I was like, yeah, yeah, you have to make sure the shot was accurate. Like again, seriously, man, we just fixed that one. Yeah. <laughs> the rink and the rink was privately owned, so. Uh, Anytime we broke something, we had to pay for it. So uh, it was, yeah. Good old days. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, w let's talk about, you know, like world champions and stuff. And like uh, when when it was when it was known that you guys were actually going to start competing, like what was that like? I mean, I, just coming from like, you know, based like small, you know, small beginnings, like to find out that you are going to start playing like teams on, on the world stage, like. How did your guys' mind, mindset change from, you know, just like, well, well, yeah, this is hockey in Greece, but and now it's hockey on a world stage. Like, well, you know, t tell us about kind of like going through that, like, change. So there was two big eras of Greek hockey. There was the 90s, the early 90s, where we first started playing hockey internationally. Um, it was the first men's national team was in 1992 where we won the bronze medal in the pool C of the world championship. Uh, and then we played a couple of more times, but that era stopped in 1999. So it was 1992 to 1999. Where, as like you said, like we went from shoveling snow to putting on the national team jersey and traveling to South Africa and Turkey and Luxembourg and all these places to play hockey. Like it was, it was surreal at the time, right? We didn't... We, we, you know, like you look. Anyways, it was like it was it was a crazy feeling uh, playing for your country because you know in the IHF when you win you uh, the national team anthem not the national team the country anthem is played so you know you win in South Africa a lot of Greeks were in the, were in the stands so when the national anthem was playing all the Greeks were singing it was like oh that's so cool yeah it was it was it was crazy so that was the first era then there's a second era in 2008 2013. Between these two eras, there was nothing. There was, there was no rinks. There was seven and eight years of no hockey whatsoever in Greece. So these are the two eras that we had. And and that's uh, and uh, I just kind of want to uh, like just maybe shed a little light on that. How uh, how come there? Uh, you know, the I, I I read that the IIHF like banned Greece for a bit. Is yeah. that is that the area you're talking about? Uh, I don't want to use the word. We use the word ban, but it, it's not really a ban because the IHF has the rule where you need to have an Olympic-sized rink in your country to play. Yeah. Right? If you don't, you need to have the rink, you need to have a league in the country. Uh, we don't have an Olympic-sized rink. We have a smaller one, a three-on-three -three rink. They gave us a couple of chances. That was, it was the same excuse in 99, the same excuse in 2013. Uh, we never got an Olympic-sized rink, so they just... They told us, sorry, but we know you have a national team. We know you have te league teams, but sorry, no rink, no, no, uh, no real championship. So they both, they basically stopped. They didn't allow us to play anymore. So. Even though we have a national team, but uh, we had to stop playing. That's not fun. And so how uh, then, so uh, you had a big hand in bringing uh, the, uh, the national team back. 
around 2000. The second time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, can so, you tell us, tell us how you went about doing that and, like, what, what you had to do to bring uh, hockey back to, well, like, so uh, I, uh, World Championships back to Greece. So I've never said this story before, but, uh, you know, I'll share it with you guys. I've said it between my friends, but never <laughs> – I'll say it anyway. So, uh, like I said, in 1999 till 2007, there was no hockey in Greece. All the rinks were closed. Basically, nobody was playing. There was a bunch of us, like maybe 20, 20 friends, that would travel to the Czech Republic uh, every six months and play hockey. So we went – we would board a plane – was, we would pay ourselves. We would go to the Czech Republic for two weeks at a time. Just play, you know, rent a rink and play games, play tournaments. And that's all we did for like seven years. Uh, but our federation still existed, right? The Hockey Federation in Greece was still around. Uh, they would go to the IHF uh, Congresses. They would go to the semi-annual Congress. They would go to the World Championship as members to watch, right? And take part. So in 2006, uh, I was at the federation. For a meeting with the president and uh they were supposed to go to latvia uh to riga for the congress i think it was the ihf uh, world championship at the time 2006 in riga it was the year that crosby was playing uh, vechkin malkin it was that year anyhow yeah. so um they were they had a meeting the members of the federation and the, the president was going to go on his own so uh, he turns to me and he goes, hey, uh, Dimitri, uh, you want to come along to Riga? Uh, there's nobody else from the Federation that wants to come. I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh, of course I want to come to the Congress, right? I want to get to see uh, Crosby and these guys play. You know, yeah, yeah I want to come. Uh, we go to the, to the Congress. And as I'm sitting in the Congress, uh, one of the IHF members talks about Mongolia that uh, are trying to keep hockey alive in their country. So they, they're, they're, they're making an effort, they're trying, they're playing in a smaller rink. And uh, I, I thought to myself, you know, hold on a second. Us Greeks, we travel to the Czech Republic, we pay out of our own pocket, we go play in tournaments. You know, us too are trying to save hockey in our country, right? So when I came back to Greece, I, um, I sent this long email to all the IHF members pictures with links with uh, you know I, the whole story of what we're doing for the past eight years and um a couple of months went by uh, nothing happened but then uh, all of a sudden they replied to my email and they said hey uh, dimitri you know we didn't know that all this was happening in greece let us know what else you guys are doing and let's see what we could do to help you grow the sport so 2006 april this happens 2006 september they tell us we're allowed to go play in the qualifications of the world championships again so uh Fantastic. i got goosebumps i got goosebumps by just saying that <laughs> oh dude yeah i like that yeah, that's amazing so uh so i i got to go to the semi-annual congress in vancouver too where i went there on my own the president didn't even come because it was basically too far for him and i sat in the meeting and they said okay greece you're allowed to go play in the 2008 qualifications in February against Bosnia and Armenia, the winner will go to the World Championships in Luxembourg. That's it. So that was it. That's what started everything. Greek hockey came back to life. And from 20 guys, we, became, we, we created 11 men's teams in a matter of two years. So that's when everything wow. rebounded, right? So we, we, we advertised. 
anyways, it was a whole big, uh, the Greek national team is back and everybody that had their equipment in some warehouse summer, they pulled it out, they came back. So it was like <laughs> explosion of Greek hockey. Yeah. So I don't know if it was that email that did it all, but I don't know, sometimes I say, what if I hadn't sent that one email that I did that one time, right? Who knows? What if I didn't go to Riga? Uh, who knows? I don't know. No, seriously. I mean, that's and that's huge. I mean, truly, one person can make a difference. I mean, think about it. I mean, yeah. Uh, how would they have ever known that you guys were still trying to, uh, you know, uh, bring hockey yeah. back? If, if you it was a team, eh? Uh, there was a team too. I, I'm, I'm, it wasn't just me. It was a team that we were going and traveling and playing. So if we didn't have a team, nothing would have happened. But thanks to the oh. team participation, yeah, yeah. So all that together uh, created this big buzz and. Uh, that was it. And the funny thing is that I was going to the Ministry of Sports in Greece to get them to open a rink because we had no rink at the time, right? Mm -hmm. So they didn't care. So they were like, yeah, whatever, hockey. What are you talking about? That's hockey in Greece. So go, go, go play basketball. Like, you know? So I would go to the Ministry of Sports every day telling him we need a rink, we need a rink. But when we qualified in February, the rink opened in March. So they gave wow. the funding. <laughs> yeah, wow. honestly, like everything like fell into place. But Remember one time I was at the Ministry of uh, Sports. I wanted to meet the minister, and he wouldn't. He didn't even know who I was, right? He was like, "Who is Dimitri?" Like, whatever. I was waiting outside his office, like one full day. Well, at one point, he walks out of his office for something, and he sees me. He goes, "What are you doing here?" He goes, "I'm waiting for, to meet you. My name is Dimitri." Yeah, yeah, I heard you guys. You're sending emails. Go, I want to meet you. He goes, "Okay, come in the office." So, I spend an hour with him, talking to him about Greek hockey. We took pictures, whatever. And uh, a month later, the rink opened. So, uh, again, I don't know if it was that meeting because, you know, the Federation was doing stuff too. But I feel like I, I you know, I, whatever, I made a little effort and I, you know, I, 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 I moved some things around. So, you know, so things like that could happen. And the rink opened and after that, we have, we have a ring since. And, uh, and then we went to the World Championship. So we won the civil medal in 2010. So uh, everything fell into place. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Hey. I mean uh that's just jam that's total jam yes. right there i, I <laughs> don't know what to call it. I mean, uh, uh, a group of 20 guys really just went in to play hockey and it made a huge difference in in like international waters for hockey uh, good oh, and we won the silver I... medal in 2010 so it was i have it right here oh yeah you gotta, uh -oh. You gotta, uh -oh. you gotta whip it right out ta-da that's cool. awesome. Uh, <laughs> well, and then having all that happened, uh, Dimitris, uh, and then going and winning the silver in the IHF, like, I mean, that had to be just kind of one, just one big thing after another. And it, I mean, the sky was the limit. I, I bet it felt for you guys. But you know what's funny? That the 2010 World Championship was supposed to happen in Athens. Uh, we, had the, we had a facility because it was after the Olympics, you know, the, the Olympics in Athens, the Summer Olympics. There was a lot of venues that were like not used at the time. So one of them was given to us and we opened an Olympic-sized rink for maybe a year. So the World Championships of 2010 was supposed to happen in Athens. For some reason, I honestly don't know what happened. But they withdrew the funds the Ministry of Sport, with the Jew, the funds, like maybe a couple of months before the Worlds. So we kind of canceled it. Wow. And Luxembourg, luckily, 
took over and said, okay, we'll do it in Luxembourg. And we won the silver. So if the world championship would have happened in Athens, maybe we would have won gold. Who knows? Maybe not, but yeah. maybe it would have been, you know, we win gold, we go up a division. So maybe other things. I don't know. I don't know. You never know what would happen, right? But the, 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 the world championships was planned to be in Athens. We lost it because some funding was pulled. I don't know if last minute, but anyways, we still won silver, so it's yeah, it's better than you know, better than not winning anything, right? So, <laughs> well, that's just huge. Yeah. I mean, and and just just to echo off of what Ross said, that must have been just it must have been made it just so much sweeter because I mean, yeah. two years before that, you know, you're sitting here, you you guys are almost sitting kind of in limbo, and then now you guys uh, you guys put in this hard work. To get a team, uh, get get back in the IHF, and here you guys are, two years later winning the silver gold. I just couldn't imagine yeah. how, uh, how proud you guys must have felt. Yeah, it's it you had to go from you know, essentially the very you know where you were, and now you are at in a championship game in such a small amount of time. That's a pretty big accomplishment. You know, we were playing in Czech Republic in rinks had no walls like the state. They were playing in because we were playing in these villages. I remember one rink, it was so cold. There was one wall was missing. And uh, it was so cold. And a year later, we're playing in the World Championships, playing for the gold medal. Like, it was... Like, it's just it's surreal. Like, you can't even explain it in words. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> well, that, that would definitely be nuts. And then, as you said, if it was still in Athens, oh, God, that would have just added to that, man. I mean... You're playing there, your home country. Even if you got just the silver, but if you got the gold just because of having that, the the home advantage with that, oh God, that would have been just huge for Greece. That, as you said, yeah. would have put you guys on the map in a different division, which could have been even yeah. bigger things. We would have lost uh, yeah. thirty to zero, and then <laughs> in, in division well, two, like get a beating or something. <laughs> <laughs> right, but at least you're there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I remember though a similar ha thing happened with soccer in Greece, where they hosted Euro, and because of being the host, they were allowed to put a team in, and then they did amazingly well. And well, we did, won the Euro, and then <laughs> <in> soccer. Yeah, <laughs> and and that that elevated soccer in Greece to another level, even though yeah. it was already popular, did even more. So it certainly says something about the possibility of hosting and doing well can certainly change so much of the trajectory for your sport. And kudos to you for what you've accomplished up to this point. And it, it doesn't sound like your campaigns and efforts are over. You want to continue to grow that in Greece. You know, and can you tell talk about that a little bit so i i i sent a, a proposal to the ihf maybe um two or three years ago maybe two years ago the fact that we are we don't play because of the olympic rink so um you know i understand the rules we're not playing because we don't have an olympic rink in our country we have a smaller rink i understand that's the rule so i tried to have that changed tell the ihf you can't, it, the, I understand the rule, but rule number one cannot be if you don't have a rink, everything else under that doesn't exist, right? You have a league, you have teams, you have a kids program, but your rink is smaller. Oh, I'm sorry, your rink is smaller, so you can't play, right? 
and I always I always told the IHF, and this is what I wrote in my in the letter that I sent. That I understand that maybe in Canada there's a pyramid, and you know the the base is kids programs, and then you have the leagues, and then on the top of the pyramid is the national team. But in our countries, national team is the base because the national team can open doors. You know, uh, I can I can get invited to sports. Um, uh, sports uh, shows to talk about the national team playing. This is what right. creates the buzz and brings the kids in. You have no national team. Nobody wants to talk to you. Like when I went to the Ministry of Sport, I was the captain of the Greek national team. Right? They wanted to talk to me, but if I just go now and say, "Yeah, yeah there's no national team," but I'm, I'm Dimitris, and you know, <laughs> we want to start playing again, he's gonna be like, "Okay, dude, no, uh, the team participate yeah. and then come and talk to me." So I, I try to. I, I, I made the proposal, they, they, they read it, and they, and they declined. They said, no, you need an Olympic-sized rink or you can't play. Uh, that's the rule. Uh, everything else doesn't matter unless you have the Olympic-sized rink. So since then, I'm still trying. But you know, uh, as years go by, I, I, uh, my hopes of bringing it back uh, fade away, to be honest. I hope I, I, hope I never quit because I'm still trying. But... When you don't have the IHF supporting you, and you don't have the federation really trying, uh, you know, how long do you keep the fight, right? So I, I don't know. A little bit of fight I mean, left, but not as much as I had in 2006. And I was younger too back then, right? So, <laughs> yeah, so. So, uh, well, what can, what can we as the hockey community do to help? So, um, you know, when I moved back to, because I moved back to Montreal, right? I was living in Greece, and in 2012, I moved back to Montreal uh, because Greece had a, a financial crisis. I said, hey, you know, let me go, let me move back and, you know, uh, see what's going on. So I moved back. I really thought that the Greek community in Montreal would help more uh, with Greek hockey, but the... Uh, it, it didn't work out that way. So, but if I, if you ask me, what we need in Greece is funding for a, an Olympic-sized rink. Nothing else matters. The IHF, unless you have the Olympic-sized rink, I could have a rink. I have no teams. I'm still going to be able to play on the national in the IHF World Championships. I've, I'm not going to say countries do that, but I, I can tell you that if I had an Olympic-sized rink, I could have a team playing with just one team. No leagues, no junior hockey, no kids hockey. One team, I'd be allowed to play. So wow. Olympic-sized rink is the thing that Greece needs. If there's funding, if somebody wants to invest their money to do it, that's what, the, the, that's what, that's what hockey in Greece needs, Olympic-sized rink. So, what you have up, up, out there that uh, we can do too. So, we'll make sure to include those links for our listeners to be.
Sierra. Of those anymore. So I fully agree that I think the approach that we need to take is get you that rink because that's clearly going to matter to helping people play and at the, you know, the way that they should and not have to worry about replacing plexiglass all the time or yeah. uh, being able to actually hit it off the boards. But there's also just that side of it at the IIHF level that I know is very hard to see traction in with um, getting any kind of policy amendments to what's happening. So I like that there's oh. these two, two sides to it, but also what you suggest is like the fastest solution and yeah. also some other suggestions. Like I understand the rule, and like I said, I respect it, and it's the rule. When I wrote the letter, I explained to them that, look, I understand if we had a rink, we, did, we had a smaller rink and nothing else, I agree. Like, you know, you have nothing else. You just have a small rink. A couple of people that play scrimmage hockey. I understand. You, you know, you can't play internationally. But if you see that you have a smaller rink, you have a men's league, a junior league, a women's league, a kid's league, and all that's missing is, I don't know, 10 meters of ice. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, you could bend the rules a bit. I understand when you bend, you start bending the rules, then, you know, when does it stop, right? You bend it 10 meters for Greece. You can have bend it 20 meters for somebody else. I understand that. But it's a shame because when we got banned in 2013, we had a team, we had like a league, and now there's nothing. Everybody just quit. There's still hockey in Greece and people play. There was a nosedive. We had 11 men's team. Now we have four. So wow. did your banning really help us pressure government to open a ring did you really you didn't pressure anybody you just made hockey players quit the sport reality right so yeah i don't know anyways yeah do you think that with the bigger rink you would see more traffic of hockey coming back to greece well if we had an olympic size rink the first thing that the, the ihf would do is let us participate in the world championships so that's the first step yeah and when you have a team participating and they advertise it and people find out, you know, kids start playing. People are going to come back because there's a purpose. Right? Oh, I might make the national team. Let me come back. So uh, like in, uh, in 2007, when the rink opened, we were 20 guys in 2007. In 2009, there was 11 men's teams. But it just, if you, because I created a graph for the IHF. It went, the graph went like this. Because people found out, they saw advertisement you know we started posting stuff on our facebook page again so everybody that used to play said hey let me go back you know uh this is cool you know there's a league now let me go back it's it's you know it's it's not just a beer league that a couple of guys just play it's actually organized you know there's games so i saw the effect of a just an, a three-on-three -three rink you had an olympic size rink right it would be i don't know i think it would help but you never know maybe an olympic size <laughs> rink opens and nothing happens i don't know who knows? <laughs> hey, real quick, you mentioned the beer league for a second there. I know Daniel might want this question to be asked too. A little off the topic here, but you guys, have, we have beer league out here in America. What about Greece? Do you guys have wine league? <laughs> Uzo, Uzo league. <laughs> Uzo. <laughs> we have an Uzo league. <laughs> Actually, we have a beer league. We play Friday nights, and then we go for beers and souvlaki. 
That's every Friday there night. You go. There you go. <laughs> Uh, I have another very stereotypical question. Instead of targets, do you guys just throw plates in front of the net and try to shoot those? That's good. I never thought of that, actually. Target practice. Do you know, we take things for granted in, in North America with hockey and our rinks because, honestly, having to shovel snow, being many years without a rink and having to travel to different countries – when I came back and there's a rink in every corner and most of my friends that have uh, kids don't even take their kids to hockey. I'm like, how can you not take your kid to hockey? Like, take your kid. Oh no, you play soccer. Soccer. Take your kid to hockey. So yeah, yeah. So uh, I think we take it for granted a bit in North America. Uh, yeah. And, and that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's a huge thing too, is that, you know, a lot, uh, a lot of people just probably, especially in Canada and North America don't realize that um, other countries who are trying to, you know, be known as a, a, as a hockey playing country don't have to go through that kind of stuff. And yeah. I, I think just like uh, getting out there and kind of maybe talking about it, raising awareness, um, I mean, is absolutely necessary. I mean, especially, isn't one of the goals of the IHF to expand hockey across the world anyways? And I mean, the, the fact is, is that awareness is key. And I think, uh, I think what you're doing is great. And I, and I, I, it's so sad that, I mean, uh, that the IHF is just so steadfast on this when it, it's, it's clear that hockey is uh, a, a growing sport in Greece. And other countries such as that, just the fact yeah. that they they don't have the funds for the rink is is it's just it it seems almost criminal to me. Look, I don't wanna I don't wanna say anything yeah. bad about the IHF because they gave us many many opportunities. Right? We they could have easily said in two thousand and seven, no, you have no rink, you can't play. They gave us a chance, right? So I don't wanna say anything bad. I just think that they're a little strict when it comes to that one specific. Olympics, well, NH, it could be an NHL ring too. It doesn't have to be Olympic, right? But I feel they're a little too strict when it comes to the rink because rule goes uh, like it's like a flow. Do you have a rink, Olympic size? No, it's over. You can't play. What about, you know what I mean? Like there's so right. many other stuff. Yeah, and then you have all, all the other things as well, so. Well, there's many factors here, and you're touching on it a little bit, Demetrius, with um, how we're privileged with the accessibility to many facilities. And in Greece, I know that their economic situation is similar to other places in the world that have been affected by COVID and previous to COVID. Um, but Greece, particularly, historically, over the last 10, 15 years, economically, has seen a lot of hardship and they are recovering but it's it's not as quickly as anyone would like so you know the other solution here would be ignorantly saying why doesn't greece just fork over the money and and allow for these rinks to be played in but as much as i understand greece wanting to support sport in general i mean again this is the birthplace of the olympics we're talking about here um there are a priority of a of matters that the government sees and it, yeah. it's it's also just a little bit interesting and to me personally and everyone on this podcast who's a hockey fan that hockey isn't on that priority list of things because 
the short-minded sight is that that's just an ice rink, not that's an ice rink that brings people lots of joy and happiness and grows and brings a community together and forms friendships and bonds that I've had yeah. for 25 years, et cetera, et cetera, that you're talking about. So um, that's just an observation, but a, a direct one of what's happening right now with the situation. And I wonder if there's anything you'd like to add to that comment. No, I agree with you, like 100%. Agree with you. Unfortunately, we can't expect the government to to do anything. They're going to support the sport. They support every other sport. When it comes to facilities, it has to be privately owned, privately run, everything private. And uh, I really believe that if there's a one Olympic rink opened in Athens, uh, not only will hockey grow in the country, but I'm very certain that Greek Canadians and Greek Americans maybe don't make the NHL, come and help by playing hockey in Greece, there's a professional league, as a stepping stone to go play somewhere in Europe afterwards. I don't know. There's so many possibilities. Like Italy did it back in the 80s. They, uh, they created a league and uh, Greek Americans, uh, sorry, Italian Americans and Italian Canadians moved to Italy. They played professionally. So that's how Italy hockey grew and they played in the olympics and everything right so they brought people that couldn't make the nhl move to italy professionally and uh, and they grew the sport i really believe that if there's this one investment there's so many possibilities uh from the friendships that are going to be formed all the way to i don't know who knows uh participation in the olympic games one day for greece who knows right possibilities are endless so Unless it happens privately, it's never going to happen. That's what I've learned. I've tried all these years. Government's never going to invest money in the sport of hockey. Ever. At least in the facilities. I, I, I mean, I can empathize with the, the, like, the effect a rink can have. I, I've moved around a lot as a kid. I've gone to different places. I've been lucky enough to join friendships through my ability to play hockey when I was in Australia. Again, half of those rinks were filled with expat Canadians and Americans, and that's fine too. We need to know where some of our culture lives uh, abroad. But then there's this desire to want to do more. And I was pursuing the Commonwealth Games just because that was an ability for me to play for Australia to then represent a country on like a national level. And it really inspired me to want to bring more people into the sport because then when I was around, my friends that I had made that had little kids and they were asking me about hockey. It wasn't like no field hockey. It was like ice hockey and it's an alternative to, you know, um, cricket and rugby and footy and stuff down there. And it just got more people interested. It's, it's the amazing knock on effect it can have. So, um, fully support. It's, it's, it's funny you say, because in 92 national team was comprised of players were all born outside of Greece. So, uh, Greeks, our parents were all Greek, but we had moved to Greece. In mm-hmm. 2010, more than half the players were born in Greece. So, uh, you know, we, we brought the, it wasn't just Greek Canadians playing hockey or Greek uh, Russians or Greek uh, Czechoslovakians. It was actually Greek kids that said, hey, I don't want to play soccer or basketball. I want to go play hockey. Why not? Right, so they so the team was comprised. Half of it was like us, born abroad. 
but the other half was all kids born in Greece, which is amazing for a country like Greece, right? So, uh, mm -hmm. was, yeah. That's yeah. That's huge. That's and that's the testament to what I mean, to what getting uh, you know awareness and um, and being in the IIHF is all about. I mean, yeah, you you have you have. Uh, yeah, first go around, maybe not so much uh, actual Greeks that were born there, but now you look around, there it is. More than half your, more than half your team is actual Greek-born uh, players. And all the and junior I mean, teams we have now are all kids born in Greece, right? We have like maybe five kids teams in Greece right now, and they're all Greek kids born in Greece. All of them. So, uh, so yeah. Just a shame that if it just dies down because of uh, IHF participation, it's going to be like just bad, right? All it took is for the IHF oh, yeah. to just bend the rules, and, uh, and uh, you never know what could happen. But, uh, the rules are the rules, so um, respect the IHF. Try it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think you pr you, you've got four new believers definitely uh, Thanks. out of luck, man. I, uh, I mean, just just right. hearing just hearing the stories and just uh, how how um, how committed you you are to them. And it just, I mean, that's what hockey's all about. Is, you know, the commitment and the camaraderie that uh, hockey breeds. It's it's fully apparent in I mean, you uh, you and uh, Greek hockey story. And for one, I'm super stoked. I got to I got to learn more about it. <laughs> Uh, when you start reading about it, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe these guys, uh, you know, uh, the, the obstacles they have to go over so they can keep the sport alive in their country. Because I'm sure that if others didn't have the sport for almost 10 years, you know, uh, you'd, you'd quit. You'd say, you know, let me do something else. Hockey's never going to come back. They're not playing for 10 years, right? I haven't played hockey in Montreal because of covid in eight months, and I'm thinking like, ah, oh, I'm not gonna go back after eight months, uh, you know. <laughs> but imagine ten years. Uh, yeah, the love of the sport, yeah. the love of the sport. When you start playing, you know, hockey is different than every other sport. Oh, absolutely agreed, and and that's and it's apparent in these stories that we we get to hear like every week on this podcast. It just you know it makes it makes me fall like re fall in love with the sport every time I yeah. hear somebody's new story. I mean, this is uh, this this one uh, just like the others is just insane, and I, I like I said, I want to do every every possible thing I can to help. I mean, I, obviously, I'm just one kid, but uh, uh, if I can help, I'm I'm, I'm there. Really appreciate it. At uh, what's his name, the uh, NHL uh, owner, um, Romanos? No, who is it? Um, I don't know his name. He owns an NHL team, the Carmanos or something. There's some rich guy. Tell him to invest some money in Greek hockey. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find an oil baron somewhere too. We'll we'll have him toss some money towards you guys. <laughs> Chalios or Kiprios. That's what I was actually going to ask you. Like the Kiprios, George Peros, Chris Contos, Chelios, uh, players. Those guys, maybe, or um, I wondered if any of them were guys that you kind of like grew up watching, particularly too, because of just the Greek connection oh, and also, Chalios, yeah. Chalios was playing in the Canadians when I was was the good years of the Canadians, right? 
Nice. Uh, but I tried. I've tried to contact all these guys uh, through Twitter. Yeah. Tried. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say anything. They just it wasn't their it wasn't their cup of tea, I guess. So maybe you guys have more push than tell them, hey, invest in the Greece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll call up Nick Kiprias right now and get on his ass about it. <laughs> tell him. Want <laughs> to help us? Yeah. <laughs> Prepare us. You'd probably just have to say, "Hey, let's have a mustache growing competition. I win. You send me money." Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of which, who were the like you know some of the, like the big influences uh, back when you were starting in hockey? I, I I totally forgot to ask. Like, obviously, you mentioned Chelios like be uh, playing on the Canadians oh. while you were uh, while you were still there. Who else? Who who others like do you really like? Do you really drive influence from? My favorite player was Mario Lemieux. So uh, he was my number one player. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, he was. The, he, for me, he was the best. Um, but uh, as because I grew up in Montreal, the back in the days of Lafleur, Guy Lafleur, Patrick was a goalie. So yeah, all those guys. So Mario Lemieux was my number one. Mario Lemieux. Uh, not a bad choice. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Uh, no. So uh, <laughs> let, let's let's talk a little bit. Uh, like let's talk about correlation. Like uh, hockey back at uh, back before you left uh, for Greece to now. What do what, what do you think some of the biggest differences in hockey today as opposed to back in the '80s? Uh, well, uh, the speed of the players, the size. I don't know if for the 1993 Canadians played against the Canadians of today. I don't know. I think that the Canadians of today would win, right? I don't know. Oh, that'd be that'd be a, that'd be a pretty crazy showdown. I'm talking Patrick Law versus Carey Price. Uh, that's a that's an yeah. interesting uh, that's an interesting uh, story right there. But the, um, the size and speed is insane now. It's like crazy. And back then. Players wouldn't train in the summer, I think. They, I think it was like, okay, it's day off. Okay, let's go have beers and smoke cigars and uh, be back in September. So uh, I think it's a different that, sport. Yeah, that'll think about getting in shape at, uh, during the uh, training camp. Yeah, it's it's definitely like the training is definitely completely yeah. changed. I mean, especially we've had a we've had a couple chances to talk to a few uh, development coaches lately, and it's it's. It's the game has completely changed in that in that I uh, aspect for sure. Yeah. Um, do you uh, do you see any like similarities to the games these days, or is it just it's just not the same to you? Well, uh, okay. The, you know what? A, a big difference that what I liked back in the eighties and nineties, and I don't like so much today. I liked back then. Uh, most of the players were from the cities, like lived in the city that they played for. Like you could bump into uh, Guy Lafleur in the in the streets, right? You would bump into him in the supermarket. You don't see that today. Half the players don't even live in the cities that they play for. Well, their families, right? They. So I think that the love of the team back in the eighties and nineties. I'm not going to say that it was more. But I think it was different. Back then, it was more of a love of the sport. Now I feel it's more of a you know it's your hockey career. It's a career. It's your work. It's like, you know, it's a business. There's no, there is love, but I think I love the passion back then more than what I love it now, the sport. It, it, now it's NHL, right? It's not anything below that. 
I think now it's too much of a business, in my opinion. Back then, it was more of a sport. Uh, I, I don't know if that agree. makes sense. I mean, I mean you even, well, yeah, I fully agree. I think you even got players when they're talking about getting traded and stuff these days. It's just before uh, the, everything, everyone, ah, all that, it, it comes out of every player's uh, mouth. Well, it's, I know it's a business too. It's just like, well, you know, I don't really think it should be. I mean, it, it, at the heart of it, it is just the sport, you know, and I think that's indicative. Yeah. Do you think it, it's indicative of the cap and how, you know, players just move around way too much these days that it's really just become a business? Like, I remember the, what was the season that it was a shorter season? It was, uh, I think it was 42 games or something. When was that a couple of years ago that we had a shorter season? Because mm-hmm. of the yeah. oh, almost lockout. The lockout. Oh, the lockout, yeah. yeah. That season was so exciting. Like every game counted. It was like so exciting. So I, I don't know, 82 games. There's days that I'm like, oh, there's another hockey game on. Oh, okay, let me go watch. I don't know. I would make it shorter. I would make the teams have a bigger break so their players could be more ready and not have back-to-back games. I would, uh, I would abolish the East-West. I would, I would stop that. I like. I want to see Montreal and Boston in the final. Let's see that. Oh. Why can't I never see Montreal you, and Boston in the final? You <laughs> might see that. You might see yeah, that next year right. if if the rumors are true that they're trying to do different divisions and it might be a, a border situation. Uh, I'm not going to say that Montreal doesn't need to first be a good <laughs> team, but I'm also saying hypothetically it's possible now. Yeah. Hypothetically. <laughs> um, but, but yeah. And, wouldn't and it, go ahead, please. Uh, the, wouldn't it be like, that's why I, like the East West thing. Personally, I don't like it. I would rather have everybody the equal chance to play in the final no matter where what division they're at so i would have less games less travel and have the teams rest between the games make every game important like you know like in europe or uh you know in other sports every game is important the nfl it's so i don't know And uh, some people say, yeah, every team has back-to-back games, but it's, it's true. But your back-to-backs might be against teams that are uh, contenders of the Stanley Cup, and somebody else might be with teams that are already, you know, they're not, they don't, not they don't care, but they're not going to win anything. So, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like give the team some time to prep, to rest their good players, you know, get them, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I don't know. This is just me, right? Uh, other people might disagree with what I'm saying. So, <laughs> oh no, that's what that's what we love. The perspectives of hockey. So, um, I gotta ask. And uh, so you might. Uh, so, were you a fan of the uh, the the play-in round of uh, this past uh, playoff? Do you think uh, Do you think that you could see a little more uh, more ideas, like people maybe wanting to switch to that? To where you have that uh, five-game playing round for uh, fringe teams. One the, the the way it was last year and with the COVID stuff. 
Oh yeah, after the COVID break, you know, and then uh, how how they decided the playoffs. Uh, do you think that might be a more interesting way to go about uh, playoffs from now on? You know what? At the beginning, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna watch this, but of course, I watched it, like everybody else. I, I don't know. <laughs> like there were days I didn't like it, and there were other days I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. I don't know. I'm like uh, 50-50. I don't. I haven't decided if I liked it or not. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm too used to the well, the, the classic way. So, uh... Uh, but it, it, I thought I, I found it pretty interesting. I mean, just especially for the French teams. I mean, that's that's how your Canadians got into the playoffs, you know. <laughs> I mean, so I, I can't you can't uh, hate on it too much, right? Right. Uh, I actually thought you know what when we was uh, there was a list of uh, experts. They all said that Montreal is not going to go to the next round, and they, 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 they went. I was like, okay, so these the experts all said that Montreal is going to lose in the first round, but they actually went to the second round. This is interesting. So, yeah, Any, yeah anything can happen. But um, I don't know what the best system is, to be honest. I sometimes find it unfair for a team that finishes first that uh, plays uh, against a team that finished third, and uh, you know they, they get kicked out, and you're like, okay. That was unfair. This team made it. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, so uh, other times I say it'd be better if the team that came in first had the first round uh, not play, just go through the, the first round. But then you're sitting for like almost a week. Is it better for your team to be not playing for a whole week? You know, so I, you know, I don't know. So many solutions, so many options, and so many opinions on how you could change the, 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 the playoffs in the league. Oh. Ah, well, I, that's, that's why we sit around and talk about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. Honestly, this podcast probably wouldn't exist uh, without it. Well, uh, uh, Demetrius, uh, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to come and talk to us. Um, like, just, just like I said, I'm once again, just feeling re reinvigorated for the love of the sport that we all uh, have been so lucky to, you know, grace our lives. And uh, can you tell us where we can find, uh, like, you know, social media, like the petitions or anything you do to help out or anything like that before we, uh, before we sign off here? Uh, so we have our website. Uh, it's icehockey.gr. Uh, we have our Facebook page. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, so we have all the social media, all well, the top ones. Uh, you know, we post pictures, uh, we try to create awareness. We started a petition a few years ago, but I, I honestly, I stopped that. Uh, I, I don't know, I didn't, uh, I don't know, I didn't feel like, uh, with, the, with the problems that Greece had, I didn't feel like asking for money for a rink was the proper thing to do, so I, we, we started it, and then we just said, you know what, let's, so people don't have uh, money to feed their kids or we're asking for a rink. Let's just stop that and figure out a way to, uh, to get funds a different way. So, so we, didn't, we, didn't, we were not doing a petition, but we're creating awareness and hopefully somebody, maybe a former NHL Greek player or some healthy Greek, Canadian, Greek American would love to invest in our sport. We're more than happy to accept anybody that wants to help us. And uh, yeah, hopefully that day happens soon. Cool. And uh, you got anybody you want to say hi to out there? I want to say hi to all the hockey boys playing in Greece. 
the Uktamini, that's my team. Uktam Athens Uktamini, the Albatross boys. Big, uh, big hi to everybody. I miss them, and hopefully we play hockey again soon, all together. Beautiful. All right. Uh, Daniel, you want to start our shout-outs real quick, bud? Uh, here, here to that. I thought that was awesome. And um, I, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and explaining yeah. what it is that you're working on and also taking us through your love of the game. So thanks a lot to you, and uh, I'll turn it over to Ross. Yeah, no, uh, it was very educational and enlightening. Uh, <laughs> learning the different facets because it's it's almost the same sport but it seems like it's night and day difference over there because you guys don't have the resources and i mean it was brought to my attention and hopefully we can bring it to a lot of other people's attention too because i would like to have greece have an actual international team i think that'd be fun having you know the originators of the olympics still in the olympics and playing on the main stage and everything so um but yeah other than that Friends, family, thank y'all, and all of our fans as well. Rice? Uh, you know, I just want to thank you, Dimitri, so much. Um, love talking to you, and uh, hope hopefully we can we can get Greece back on the right page. You know, obviously, big thank you to our sponsors. You know, um, Anchor, My My Beer Nation, and Dog Nation Hockey Foundation, and thank you to all the listeners. So, uh, without further ado, uh, be horse. Uh, Biento. Avidasen. Uh, yeah, there we go. Ah, there we go. That's great. Let's try the damn thing, see what happens.